It's not cool. It's not cool. It is not cool. When you must be on camera, but the camera is pretending it does not exist. It is not very cool. To Into the Fold, a show where two best friends share their love of Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse chapter by chapter. I'm Jeff. And I'm Juliana. And this week we are wrapping up the Shadow and Bone trilogy, friends. We have come to the end of the first three books of the Grishaverse. And how exciting is that? It is so, I mean, it's bittersweet, like bittersweet chocolate, which I actually enjoy very much. Yeah, I'm much more of a dark chocolate kind of person, so I like things to be real bitter. Not too much sweet, you know? Yeah, me too. I've gotten very much into eating dark chocolate, and I think I get that from my mom. Is is a love of dark chocolate something you think you can inherit from your parents? Yeah, we can say it is. Fair enough. Okay, then I blame my mother for the fact that I enjoy dark chocolate. When I was a kid, I just didn't get it. But then again, yeah. when I first started drinking coffee, I was one of those people. I had to put so much stuff in my coffee. You know how people like to jokingly say, hey, why don't you have a little coffee with your cream, buddy? Mm-hmm. That was me. I, I People like me are the reason that people do jokes like that, because I had put so much stuff in my coffee. It's like getting one of those Frappuccinos at Starbucks. Like, it's barely coffee. It's just a milkshake that is coffee-flavored. Yeah, pretty much. As someone who used to work at Starbucks can confirm. It just, I watch them making those things, and I just think... This isn't even a coffee is supposed to be about the caffeine, but some of the concoctions that they make at Starbucks and other coffee shops, while delicious, are not about the caffeine or the coffee. It's about all of the other stuff you put into the point that you don't even feel like you're drinking coffee anymore. Yeah, it's kind of wild. But speaking of wild things, Jeff, shall we head into the news before we go into our main discussion? Oh, yes, we should head into the news. The news from the front. Woo! News. news. Wow. Okay, friends. <laughs> Welcome to the news. Jeff is here. I'm here. And we would just like to put a reminder out to you first that season two of Shadow and Bone is coming out on March 16th. So that is in less than a month when this episode comes out. So we're all excited. Let us know what you are most excited about. Send us over a DM. Send us an email. We'd love to hear you. I mean, you know what I'm most excited about. Tamar and Tolia and Nikolai and yeah, friggin' kid I get so excited about when we talk about him that I always manage to forget his name. Wylan. Wylan. Yes, Wylan. Yeah. Oh, gosh. These, they just, I mean, can they just give an award to Shadow and Bone? Like, they don't have to award them for anything else, although they probably should because the acting is fabulous on that show. Yeah, and the special effects are good, too. Yeah, the special effects are really good on that show. And I I think they should just give them some kind of award that they've invented for really, really good casting because, boy, did they nail it with these people. Yeah, they did a really great job casting. And, I'm, and you and I are both really excited to see season two. So, listeners, stay stay tuned and buckle in for that. 
So we actually do have one other piece of news that people can indulge themselves in before the next season of Shadow and Bone comes out, and that is that Shadow and Bone will be having a panel at IGN FanFest. And Jeff, you will ask, hmm, what the heck is IGN FanFest? I asked the same thing. And it is an event where fans from all over the world can come together to celebrate their most anticipated movies, TV shows, and games, and it is free, and it is a virtual event. Uh, and it is streamed across on IGN.com and all their social channels, so you can watch it for free and on february 17th at 10 p.m pacific time and 1 p.m eastern the netflix shadow and bone cast will be putting on a panel and it says don't miss a brand new look into the show and later catch up with cast members ben barnes lewis tan patrick gibson jesse may lee kit young anna leong brophy and jack wolf to hear what the viewers can expect from season two so we're getting both of your top two people and my person too jeff I think I might actually be free then, uh, one of one p.m. Eastern time on Friday, February seventeenth, and hopefully this episode is out quick enough. I, I I'm assuming it will be that mm-hmm. anybody who's listening will be able to tune into that as well. That is that that sounds exciting. Yeah, it definitely is exciting that it's also free too, and anyone can watch it, so it's not behind a paywall or anything. So just head on over to IGN.com on February 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 10 a.m. Pacific, and you can just watch it, which is great. Uh, So we'll definitely be watching that. I know I will probably be watching the replay because it also said that they will be having all of the panels reposted to their YouTube channel after the fact as well too, so if you do miss it, you can go head on over to the IGN YouTube channel and rewatch the panel, which is really exciting. So we might touch a little bit on that if we get anything interesting out of that panel on our next episode. So that's very exciting. Yay. And yeah, I I'm also I I know they probably did this especially definitely just for me, but I appreciate uh-huh. that they are releasing season two of Shadow and Bone on March 16th because that is smack in the middle of the month of March when I actually don't have anything on my calendar. Because at the top of March, I've got Literary Inc. in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And at the end of March, I've got Evil Con in Evansville, Indiana. But in the middle of March, on March 16th, three days before my birthday, I've Mm -hmm. got nothing, as far as I know. And unless something very important comes up, good luck competing with the second season of Shadow and Bone, then that's what Mm -hmm. I will be doing. I will be watching that show. Yes. So thank you to the people of Shadow and Bone for personally consulting Jeff as to when the best time for this series to come out is. We appreciate that. (laughs) And keeping it a secret from Jeff that you consulted them about when to do that. That's your birthday gift, Jeff. Take it or leave it. classy. (laughs) It was free for me. So here's how we're going to kick things off. We're going to go back over the entire Shadow and Bone trilogy today instead of just going over Ruin and Rising because we're moving on into a whole new phase of the Grishaverse, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with an idea that I got from listening to far too many episodes of Harry Potter and the Sacred Text because they always try to summarize the chapters in 30 seconds or less. But we're going to have a little bit more time than that because we are going to try to summarize the Shadow and Bone trilogy in 60 seconds. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first, Jeff. Okay, so... When I say go, you just start 
and don't worry about hitting every character every moment because th the fun of the game is to just see which moments end up getting included and which ones get left out. So just best of your ability, take us through the Shadow and Bone trilogy in 60 seconds. Ready, set, go. Alina is not a Grisha, and then she is, and then Mal is a Fushknu, and then we head over to find the stag, and we find the stag, and then the darkness is like, I'm going to own you, and then he puts that nasty collar on her, and then we kind of defeat the darkness, but we don't, and then we run away, and we're running, 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 something about golden pins being sold here and there, we're on a boat, we're on a boat for a long time, and then we're blacked out, and then we're still on a boat, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. And then we find this giant snake thingy and then we put its scales on our skin and then we run around and we're like, ah, we got to find the third thing of this. And then we make some more friends. And then we have like two hot friends who follow us around and we, and all of a sudden we're a saint. And then we decide that we're going to find the firebird and we walk through a giant indoor tunnel thing where there may or may not be a nasty man chasing after us. And then we get out and the darkling tries to kill us. And then we have shadow powers and then we go into the fold and blow things up and murder our boyfriend who shouldn't be alive anyway and then we give our powers away and here we are and then they're burning the darkling and i pretty much got to the end pretty much you got almost entirely all the way through that was actually very impressive yeah <laughs> the part that i was having fun with was that i i, I kind of had a feeling but I thought maybe I might be wrong, but it turns out uh, my assumption was right that you were like, run, 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 run. It's like, okay, we're going to, and then you're like, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> it's like, okay. Run about, run about. <laughs> Those are our actions oh, that we're man. taking. It just, I mean, summarizing one chapter in 30 seconds versus summarizing three books in 60 seconds, you just, you really. I, th that, I feel like I was, did pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. That. I mean, good job, like, focusing on Alina and and Maul and the Darkling. I think you pretty much just kept it to those three characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alina's our main narrator throughout the entire three books, so I feel like that was a safe assumption. That's true. Yeah. All right. Okay. I've got my timer reset so that I can now do this to myself. Okay. Go for it, Jeff. All right. Ready, set, <laughs> Go. So Alina goes from being a map maker in the military to being a girl of destiny. She and her boyfriend are taken to the little palace after an accident reveals that she's got powers so that she can help the Darkling to make the world a better place. But it turns out he doesn't actually want to do that. He wants to use her to try to take over the world. That backfires on him and they run away to another country to try to be together. But he tracks them down, brings them back to Ravka, and then they get rescued by a lovable rogue named Nikolai. Nikolai's trying to make Ravka a better place for realsies, but his brother Vasily is also a douche canoe and he he's not going to let that happen. So he tries to form a power blockade or whatever with another country that backfires and then he gets his head ripped off by the Darkling and they have to literally go underground with an asshat named the Apparat who's in charge of the church. They get away from him. They go off hunting the Firebird along with the other amplifiers that they've already got and they figure out that they've got the power inside them all along and then they have a final showdown with the Darkling. They destroy the Shadowfold and they make the world a better place for reals and then Alina and Mal have to go into witness protection. And that's it. Oh. So how did I do? I feel like you thought that out ahead of time, Jeff. <laughs> Lies. Liza <Yeah>. Minnelli. <laughs> yeah. I did not plan mine ahead of time at all. I will, you know what? I will say this. I did not practice. I did not set a timer and attempt to summarize 
the entire like I didn't go through it and see how many times I could do it. I did wonder what it would look like because I planned just just to make sure that the that we're being honest with our listeners because we love them so much. Mm-hmm. I did plan the games for today because you yeah. you graciously allowed me to just take the wheel on this one. So yes, the game was my idea. So I did wonder what it would look like, and I was able to anticipate that we were going to do this, but I mm-hmm. promise, I pinky promise, I did not practice. Okay. I will trust you, Jeff. But that was very good. That was pretty, that was impressive. I kind of, I felt like I kind of painted myself into a corner there because I mentioned the fire bird, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't talk about the amplifiers. Here are oh, some yeah. things. Oh yeah, you missed the you missed the stag and you missed the I the, did um, the serpent. What the heck is it called? Sea whip. The sea whip. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Um, that ended up being something that neither of us talked about in our summaries. Neither of us really. I mean, you mentioned the stag. I mentioned the sea whip. I said there was a giant snake. Okay, so you you did mention the stag though. Yeah, I mentioned the stag and the sea whip because I said we got the stag and then I, we got that nasty antler on her chest and then she got, yep. they killed the giant snake and she had the scales on her arm. And we both ended up with the same instinct of just focus on the characters who really like drive the action of the main part of like what you would essentially read on the dust jacket as far as the mm-hmm. main story. We didn't talk about Jenya, David, no. Tolia, nope. Tamar. Surpri- I mentioned I- them. Did I said there mention- were hot people who followed us around. Well, Two hot that people could joined be us. Anybody? Oh, we all know who we were talking about, though, well, Jeff. That- Two hot people following us around. Allegedly. Allegedly, we all know who we're talking about. You know who I was talking about, and that's really what matters. <laughs> you- okay, I know that to you, nobody is hotter than Nikolai, but it doesn't yes. mean Nikolai is the only hot character in the whole. You know what? Never mind. Let's just no. we 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 left out for the most part the background characters, any subplots that come up, but we mostly just kind of tried to focus on here's Alina, here's a thing, here's Mal, he's a douchekin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did. I think we did all right, and we'll kick it to the listeners. Let the listeners know: Did Juliana do a better summary, or did Jeff do a better summary? Mine, I think, was more informative, but yours, I think, was more entertaining. I was going to say, I think I get the most amusing. Yeah, you had those fun bits in there like, oh, I, I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Yeah. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. People don't Classic remember that song. Classic 2000s SNL. Oh, gosh, yeah. When Andy Samberg was at SNL pretty much just to create digital content for them and it ended up becoming like a whole album. Loved that. That was fun. That was wild because... You would watch those videos, and they were, like, fully produced videos. Oh, and yeah. And they had, like, T-Pain was in one, Akon was in one, like, Seth Rogen was in one. Yeah, you would never guess they were from SNL originally. It's wild. Um, well, yeah, I mean, apart from the part at the beginning where they say yeah. an SNL digital short because Lorne Michaels has to get credit for everything. This next one, I, 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 when I came up with this one, out of all the games we're playing today, I think this one is the one that I had the most fun designing. Because okay. I went back over... This one is not just about the Shadow and Bone trilogy, but this one is also a celebration of like us and our show over the last almost two years of doing this. So uh-huh. what I did was I went back and I collected a bunch of the best bits... 
from the show, and I've created mm-hmm. what I'm calling the best bits tournament. So this is going to be a okay. bracket style elimination of inside jokes and references, even some of our, you know, listeners who have been with us for a while. Some of them are mm-hmm. people. Some of them are even just parts of the show that have become like important parts of the show that we always regularly expect. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you'll get an idea of just how wide I went with the scope for this when we okay. start going through things. So I will give you each pairing and then between each two things, you will choose which one wins. And you can use any okay. criteria you want. You like it better. It you know makes you sentimental. It makes you laugh. You think it's cleverer. Whatever uh-huh. you like. You okay, can reason so it's it my out own however- personal rating. Yes, any criteria you want. And you can switch it up with each pairing even. Ooh, okay. Sounds good to me. I'm down for that. Okay. So the first matchup is between Mel Not Mal uh-huh. and The Darkling is a Drag Queen. Oh, that's really hard, you know, Jeff. I mean, <laughs> you're making me pit two people against each other. Uh-huh. I, th- I, th- I think in when it comes to being an icon, Mel, I love you a lot, but... Uh, but I think I'm going to have to give this one to the, the Darkling as a drag queen because he is an undying immortal icon that kind of carried himself solely throughout the entirety of this podcast so far, Jeff. And I don't think we've seen the end of him either. So I want to say that the Darkling as a drag queen, just in sheer times that we have mentioned that and his fabulousness level, which is far above anyone else in existence was going to have to slightly beat out Mel, not Mal. And mm. I apologize, Mel. No, it's okay. I'm sure that Mel will understand. Yeah. The next matchup is between the Apparat is Gilbert Gottfried and mm-hmm. Eleanor. Oh, no. You're making me pick between people that I love and like things that are just like... These are oh, it's gonna get it's going to get harder. It's going to get harder before it gets easier. I think I'm going to have to do the same thing. Eleanor, I love you very much, but I think that we're going to have to give uh, the apparat is Gilbert Godfrey the, the win on this one because it's just more iconic. I, I mean, I love Eleanor to death, but yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey is the apparat. That's, that, that one's going to win that one. All righty. Fair enough. The next matchup is between Australian Botkin Santa and fed your is boyfriend material. Ooh, okay, I think this one I'm gonna have to go with Australian Botkin Santa just because of the fabulous voice messages that we have gotten and the wonderful slang that we have learned, Jeff, from Australian oh, yes. Botkin Santa. So I think because of the contribution of Australian Botkin Santa, we will have to let them win this round. Sorry, Fenyor. Who would have ever thought? I mean, not just saying this because Bakken is one of my favorite characters from the Grishaverse, but who would have uh-huh. thought when we came up with this headcanon of Bakken not only being Australian, but also being Santa Claus, that it would uh-huh. lead to one of our own dear listeners educating us on Australian culture? We learned I... so much. We did. Who would have ever guessed, Jeff? I love it. I love it too. I think it's great. Okay, this next one is going to be particularly wild. Okay, so play it on me. This is a matchup between one of our favorite fun segments, Set the Scene, uh-huh. and the fact that we say, Devastated! Oh, okay. Ooh, that is a hard one. I feel like this is a pretty even matchup right here. Because, I mean, Devastated is kind of like 
iconic. But yes. the set the scene, we've had a lot of good set the scenes. So I think I think we're going to have to give this one to set the scene just because of how clueless I am when we do set the scene and how bananas some of the ones that I've done have been. So I think on sheer insanity level ratings, we're going to give it to set the scene. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. And when I put these two together, I thought set the scene was a game that I came up with that usually I give the prompt to you, you go wild with it, then I tell you what you know, the actual scene is. That's how we usually mm-hmm. play it. Mm-hmm. Devastated is something I picked up from you because you, you, you did it all the time, and then that's why Stopped. I started to do it too. Exactly. Yeah. But... And all the times that we have been playing set the scene, I don't, I don't recall. Have you given me a prompt to to wildly speculate about? I don't think if I not, have. We should, we should really do it that way sometime. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give you a Camp Rock Two prompt. Camp Rock Two. The only objection that I would actually have to that is because I know a bit about Camp Rock. That would be. Oh. Like something that it wouldn't just be me speculating just because I think I can guess. Like it would just be me doing Mm. it on purpose because camp rock drives me crazy you know i have some other i have some other things i think i could pull on jeff that you ever seen the movie balloon farm no you know what Mm. let's let's put a pin and i promise i solemnly swear on our friendship i will not have anything to do with balloon farm we will do that as a fun segment in one of our upcoming episodes okay i'd love to see you try and find where to even watch balloon farm (laughs) I don't see how I possibly could. I would probably have to look pretty hard for that. Yeah, yeah, you would. Next matchup is between French Jeff and Juliana's friendship corner, Uh and Kendra Dante's. Oh, that's so mean, Jeff. That's our friendship versus one of our friends. I know. You know what, Kendra? I love you so much, but just based off of the fact that Jeff watched Camp Rock and we did a whole segment on it, I'm going to have to give this one to Jeff and Juliana's Friendship Friendship Corner. Corner, Friendship Corner. Okay. But we love you, Kendra, and keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Yes, we adore Kendra Dante's and her incredible Mm -hmm. music. And we yes. love watching her career flourish. So go check out her music immediately. Yes. Now, this one's going to be kind of fun. Okay. The next matchup is between the cold opens at the top of our episodes or the outtakes at the end of our episodes. Oh, outtakes easily. thought the you might say that, but then again, I also thought there'd probably be a few of these matchups where I would actually be surprised by the outcome. Yeah, definitely outtakes. Now, this one's really wicked. Okay. The next matchup is between our trivia smackdowns or uh-huh. our crossover episodes. Ooh, okay. Hmm. I don't know, because we've done a lot of fun crossovers, Jeff, but we also, our trivia smackdowns are pretty fun. I will say, I'm going to say, oh, it's pretty even. Wow. Um <sighs> You know what? I, I I'll give to give this one to Danny and Lucero and do our trivia smackdown just because they keep coming back for more. No matter how many times we do crazy things with them, they keep saying yes over and over again. So for their sheer audacity and tenacity, we will give it to trivia smackdowns. 
that's that's airtight logic i thought you might actually pick crossover episodes just because mm-hmm. we love whenever we get to go on other people's shows and release yeah. it on our own channels just because getting to know new friends i think that's what i was thinking when i paired those two up originally is on the one hand mm-hmm. we have old friends that we get to keep doing this fun tradition with every time we reach the same milestone. But on the other Mm -hmm. hand, we've also got the opportunity to meet new people because if it weren't for our crossover episodes, we wouldn't know our incredible friends, Spencer and Jess from Not So Mm -hmm. Young Adults podcast and Twilight Pod and our friends from That Pretentious Book Club. Just Mm -hmm. so many of the the fun things that we've gotten to do. Yeah, yeah. We have gotten a lot of great things that... It, they're pretty even, I will say, but again, the Danny and Lucero keep coming back for more, no matter how many times we try and scare them away, Jeff. Yep, 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 yep. And now the final matchup for this first round, and then we can start moving into the next set of pairings, is mm-hmm. our theme song composed by me, okay. or the fact that I introduced the news from the front by going, News! News. You know, our theme song is a bop, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to give it to your news intro. Curious. Fun fact for anybody who joined in on the show partway through, who's heard what our theme song sounds like now. If you've never gone back and listened to any of our earliest episodes, our earliest episodes have a theme song that is literally twice as long. It is more than... A minute. I'm pretty sure it's a minute 20 seconds. That was one of those things that we ended up talking about like a couple of episodes in. We said, for one thing, our theme song is too long. For another, we don't need to introduce episode numbers or dates of releases. Those were things I think that I picked up from other people who did their uh, like podcasts I'd work for where that's how they did it. Like mm-hmm. We never really thought we should just do whatever we want because it's how we want to do it. We got lots of really wonderful, useful advice from people who had set up shows before. And I think we were just kind of trying to do what they do. Did. It. Yeah, just kind of find our way, find our way through things. And here we are now. Hooray. Hooray. Now it's time for us to move on to the quarterfinals. Hey, boy. The first matchup is between The Darkling is a Drag Queen and The Apparat is Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, God. You know, I think for his love of Ariana Grande, I think I'm going to have to give it to The Darkling is a Drag Queen. I would like to object because I could be a drag queen if I wanted to. You know what? Valid point. But I'm still going to give it to The Darkling. (laughs) This is the part where I break free. That was yeah. my Ariana Grande impression. That was really good. I would never have guessed that wasn't Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really close. Really Worked close. Really hard on that. Yeah. Next quarterfinal matchup is between Australian Botkin Santa and Set the Scene. Ooh, okay. I think, again, this one I think is going to have to go to Australian Botkin Santa for just the amount of love that they have shown us and the many gifts that they have brought us, Jeff. Literally, the gifts that they have brought us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many, many gifts. Next, Jeff and Juliana's Friendship, Friendship Corner. Corner. Or the outtakes at the end of the episodes. Oh, you know what, Jeff? 
because I love you. I'm going to give it to Jeff and Juliana's Friendship Corner again because you had the commitment to watch Camp Rock and describe it. So we'll give it to Jeff and Juliana's Friendship Corner. Okay. And then the the final quarterfinal is the trivia smackdowns with Sombra y Cuervos or News. Let's give it to the news. Let's give it to the news. And head it on over to the news. And head it on over to the semifinals. First oh matchup, the Darkling is a drag queen and Australian botkin Santa. Oh, this one's really hard. <laughs> uh, how do I pick from my two favorite children? Uh, you know what? Let's let's give it to I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have a, again give it to the Darkling as a drag queen because I feel like throughout the amount of the amount of times like percentage wise that either one of them has shown up in our podcast history, Jeff, I think the Darkling as a drag queen probably comes out victorious in that side of things. Fair enough. And then the final semi-final is between Jeff and Juliana's Friendship, Friendship Corner, Corner and News. Well, hmm. You know what? Let's let's give it. Let's go again, Jeff and Juliana's Friendship Corner. Jeff, let's do that. Well, then that means that the final matchup. In the best bits tournament is between our head canon that the Darkling is a drag queen and Jeff and Juliana's friendship corner. Oh goodness! Oh, do we give it to Camp Rock or do we give it to the Darkling as drag queen singing Ariana Grande? I don't know. What do we do? Hmm. 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 Should we? Why should either one of them win? Well, the Darkling is more is very iconic. He sings Ariana Grande. He has a pink curry. He is fabulous. He has proven to us multiple times over the, th- the course of three books that he is going to outdo everyone and give his own monologue and just be the top of the class here. Uh, Jeff and Juliana's Friendship Corner. We had us at Wizard Fest. We had Jeff watching the Camp Rock movies. We had adventures that you and I went on respectively. Uh, so a lot of like fun things there. I think because it embodies the spirit of the podcast, Jeff, the most, I'm going to go with Jeff and Juliana's Friendship Corner. Really? Yes. Close second on the Ariana Grande drag queen, Darkling. Fair enough. So, according to Juliana, the winner of the first ever, don't know if we'll ever do it again, Best Bits <laughs> Tournament is Jeff and Juliana's Friendship, Friendship Corner. Corner. All right. Now, (laughs) to be truly wicked, I created this bracket, and then I filled one out myself. Would you like to know what my results were? What were your results? What's your your top one, Jeff? Well, we agreed on a lot of these. I had the Darkling beating Mel Not Mal, and Gilbert Gottfried as the Darkling beating Eleanor... I also had Australian Bach and Santa beating Fed Year's boyfriend material and set the scene beating Devastated. I mm. chose Kendra Dante's over Jeff and Juliana's friendship corner, I oh. admit. 
it, not that I which <laughs> see this that's the part that I find hilarious is see that how it is. The, the the thing that you chose as the winner of the tournament went down in my first round. But see, that's how these brackets work. Because when I put those two together, it was completely random. But when I ended up looking at the two, I just thought, you know what? I listen to Kendra Dante's music so many different places. I listen to it in the car. I listen to it when I work out. I listen to it just... I, I appreciated it because the the friendship corner was something that we created on this show, but Kendra mm-hmm. Dante's was a phantom creator that I respect and admire from outside of our show that ended up becoming important to both of us. So I think that's why I picked that one. Yeah. I did agree outtakes at the end over cold opens crossover episodes over trivia smackdowns and i picked the theme song over news because the theme song was something i worked really really hard on so that might have been chosen by me because i thought it was it just i i love our theme song it was just it was fun to create and it was nice to know that i could pare it down by halves and it was still good Mm -hmm. and then my uh semi-final was between the Darkling as the Drag Queen and Australian Botkin Santa, so you and I were still on the same page with that one. And Uh since I had Kendra Dante's <laughs> I had Kendra Dante's over the outtakes at the end of the show because again, I just I can't help it. Her music is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I ended up choosing the crossover episodes over the theme song just because the themes in the first round I picked the theme song because I like that it's something cool that I got to make but the crossover Uh episodes are something cool we get to make with other people Mm, that's that's why I picked that and then our final I also had the darkling as a drag queen in the finals and then I had Kendra Dante's over the crossover episodes because when it's a toss up between I can't help it as a fellow musician who also Mm -hmm. creates I I I enjoy Kendra Dante's music just so much so I ended up having Kendra Dante's versus the darkling as a drag queen and the darkling as a drag queen was actually my winner. Oh, okay. So we almost had the same winner, though. Even with everything else, we had almost the exact same matchup. Yeah, we 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 were pretty close. But see, that's yeah, what that's happens. That's why that's why bracket style tournaments are fun. Like I don't really get into, um, I don't really get into March Madness or anything like that. And I don't usually try to make any predictions on the Super Bowl, which just happened. But uh-huh. I just bracket style tournaments are fun. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. They are fun, Jeff. That's why I like to do them at, at live conventions. Me too. You know what I never really thought was fun in school, though? What? Yearbooks. Oh, yes. Just, I, get, I get why people like them. I get why people are into them. I get why people want them. It just it was never something that I really cared that much about because all the things that yeah. I loved about high school wasn't the kind of stuff that yearbook really you know gave a shit about anyway. But we are going to fill out our very own Shadow and Bone Trilogy yearbook. Oh, boy. This is part of the... the, To the listeners, when I was uh, planning some of these bits for the episode, we always have a planning doc that we use, a Google doc that we use for the episodes. I put the categories in the doc, but I specifically forbade Juliana from filling it in ahead of time because I wanted the answers to be Mm -hmm. a surprise. Because for this next segment, what we're going to do is... 
I went online and I found some of the most popular categories that in some places are still used in yearbooks. Uh-huh. Some of them are a little bit more classic than others, but we're going to go through and we are each going to fill in our very own Shadow and Bone yearbook. Oh, baby. Starting with the Shadow and Bone class clown. Oh, the class clown. Who's the class, class clown, one? the person who's always cutting up and making people laugh. I mean, the obvious answer is Nikolai. I thought so, too. I had Nikolai for class clown. Yeah. There's a couple of these categories where he could apply, but the thing about Nikolai all throughout this series that it kept coming back to is, apart from the fact that he's very smart, he's very brave, He's mm-hmm. he always there's always a humorous edge to everything he does. Sometimes it's sarcasm, sometimes it's even a pun, maybe, but Nikolai is somebody who approaches everything with this really humorous edge to it. And it's part of just what makes you want to be around him. It's part of his charisma. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. He's the comic relief of a lot of these books. He's the comic relief. And he's, I mean, it's he's, he's a great, it's what makes him a great character. He's the comic relief. He's, you know, he's male lead material. He's, he's, he's complicated when you mm-hmm. find out his backstory. Mm-hmm. Agreed, so, Jeff. He just, He's great. The next category is the Shadow and Bone Trilogy Chatterbox. Yep, 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 yep. Probably the Darkling. <laughs> Darkling. He loves to give a dissertation. He loves to give a monologue. That is true. He, The Darkling does. He does love to, um, what is the, rhapsodize? Is that the word? Hear the sound of his own voice. Sure. Yes, he certainly does, because he's very, I mean, he's a cult leader. It's what cult leaders do. They give mm-hmm. these great, long, you know, blowhardy speeches because they know what's best, and they have got to just preach to people. Everyone's got to hear the word. Yes, the good word. Now, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't really think, oh, which character talks the most? I thought, oh... Chatterbox to me just implies, oh, never really stops talking, and people who uh. never stop talking rarely have a point. So I thought, who's just going to go meh, 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 all day? So I actually had a two-way tie between uh-huh. um, Nadia and Marie. Oh, okay. <laughs> because that's... <laughs> that's, it's, that, it's not how they are by the end of it all. Um, one of them is dead. Yeah, that would that would kind of stop you from talking so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're a ghost who never stops talking, there's there's probably a few of those. But mm-hmm. I um just the two of them together. I that's how it seems like they are when we meet them. They're just always meh, 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 always with each other, and it's just it's how I think of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I can get behind that one, Jeff. Now, who is the Shadow and Bone trilogy teacher's pet? Misha. Oh, little Misha. Misha. Oh, little Misha. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's literally. That's a great answer because mm-hmm. Bagra is not. Bagra is not a teacher like in the classroom. Teacher, she's like a private tutor <laughs> that just sits in her hut, going, "I'm too old for this shit." Uh-huh. <laughs> and that Misha is like the only. The only person that she like just shows affection to and doesn't like try to whoop him to teach uh-huh. him anything but no yeah. little misha little guy yeah. oh i love him 
I picked Tolia based on speculation, just because I figure Ooh, if okay. Tolia is like I picture Tolia and Tamar like with Botkin, like he 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 loves training them because they're just like him. Bread, mm-hmm. bread for battle. That was terrible Australian accent. Yeah, that was and bad. <laughs> Tolia just seems to me like the kind of person who, when he's studying something, like he's really really into learning from the person who's teaching him, or he's not going to mm-hmm. learn from you at all. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm curious about this next one, because I feel like we could both go in completely different directions, but who's the Shadow and Bone trilogy biggest laugh? Maybe... Harshaw? That's fair. Harshaw's always got a zinger. I feel like he's, like, rambunctious, too. Oh, yeah, definitely rambunctious. That's that's fair for Harshaw. I, was gonna say, I can think of the person in, re- in my high school who, who I definitely would have given that to. That wasn't the category, but, like... Uh... Like uh, this girl Nicole, oh my god! When she started laughing, you could not help yourself but laugh along with her because she just had like the most like boisterous, loud, like infectious laugh, and I loved it so much. Who'd you pick, Jeff? I actually, believe it or not, I picked Alina. Really? Yeah, I picked Alina because um, the biggest laughs for me aren't from the people who are trying to be funny, like people like Nikolai oh. and even Harshaw. They try to be funny. But what's fun about Alina is that all throughout the trilogy, she's got these lines where it's just it's just her talking. It's just her assessing her own situation. But the way that she packages her deliveries, it's just it's so funny. Oh, so you met the person who gives us the biggest laugh. I thought you met the person who has the biggest laugh, like physically like their ha 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 is the best. Right. See, that's that's what I thought might happen. I just say biggest laugh, but don't like over explain it. Just whatever it mm-hmm. means to you. Okay. Cool. 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 This one's gonna be fun. The Shadow and Bone trilogy biggest or not biggest best haircut. Nikolai. You give it to Nikolai. Mm-hmm. He's the sexiest. That's true, but there are ugly people who have very nice haircuts. Hmm. Who did you pick, Jeff? I gave it to Fedyer. Oh, okay, yeah. No, Fedyer's a close second. You. I did that for you. He's a close second, I, you know. I just figured that anybody who's good enough for you probably has a nice haircut. I would hope so. I hope they take care of their hair. <laughs> okay, this one, I, I, I have a hunch. I could be wrong, but I think we might actually end up giving the same answer. No, you know what? Scratch that. I'm a, I was going to say let's answer at the same time, but I'm going to save that for the next one. So for this one, who is the Shadow and Bone trilogy biggest gossip? Well, I've definitely got to give it to Jenga, Jeff. So, And I think that's who you were probably thinking too. Ah, man. Yes, that is who I was thinking of because she's she's not gossiping like, oh, did you hear? Because she's a gossipy bitch like a lot of people who gossip. No, she's yeah, gossiping she because she knows... Yeah, she knows everything that's going on and she's going to give you the tea. Like she mm-hmm. she pays attention and they don't notice her because she's a servant, but she she yeah. knows everything. Yeah. Now this is this is the one where I want us to both answer at the same time. This is the Shadow and Bone trilogy drama queen. So on the count of 3, we both answer at the same time. 1 2 3. Zoya. Zoya. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. She, she definitely is just full of uh, dramatic moments, and she just likes to stir the pot. 
I don't know if you've ever seen Miraculous Adventures of Ladybug and Cat Noir. Are you familiar with that? I know what it is, but I've never seen any episodes of it. There's a tip. There's a character on that show who is very, very typical Queen Bee, which I won't get into why it's funny that that's like the attitude that she embodies. But her name is Chloe. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's Chloe. But she's like the queen bee of the school and she looks down on other people and anytime she doesn't get her way, like she throws a fit, she runs mm -hmm. to her rich and powerful parents to try to get them to fix it for her and she just feels completely entitled. And Zoya kind of embodies that at the beginning. Uh-huh. And by the end of it, she's still, you can tell, she's always going to have that very drama queen kind of energy, but she's not... She's not selfish anymore. Mm. Like she's more, you, you find out that there's actually always been more to her. It's just, it took all of this other stuff for that to really come about. Makes sense. This one, I saw this one and I thought, oh, I gotta put this in here because whatever this answer is, it's gonna be hilarious. So the Shadow and Bone Trilogy Wackiest Socks. Oh, see, I think I think Tolia is the has the wackiest socks. I feel like he's someone who, yeah, I feel like he's someone who like doesn't go around expressing his like personality too much. He's not very loud, but he's one of those people who always is wearing like crazy socks, and I love it. I I, I can see that because there's plenty of people who do it that way. Like that's their hint of color in their personality. Their outfits are are pretty plain, pretty practical straightforward but then when they lift up their pants leg you see that oh they've got some funny socks on there because maybe you see it maybe you don't but that's like a little thing for them that they know is there i also think we might have the same answer for this next one but i'm gonna ask it anyway the shadow and bone trilogy cutest couple yeah i think we'll have the same one on this one but i'm gonna go with uh jenya and david i did too yeah they're so cute just there are a couple of different like they're really there aren't that many love stories like there aren't that many pairs that we get throughout the series we do get a few good ones yeah we get a few i would definitely not count alina and mal in there as a good love story but you know it's there we get david and jenya we get mal and alina Nadia and Tamar are a couple. Zoya and Nikolai aren't a couple officially, but you can tell there's something there. But point is, out of all of them, the couple that we see that has the most development as a couple, apart from like the obvious answer would probably be Alina and Mal, but I, I wouldn't push that here because I know how you feel about Alina and Mal. Yes, we don't like Mal. Now, this one I'm interested in. This one I did not find on the list of categories. I I, mm -hmm. I made this up. Mm -hmm. The Shadow and Bone Trilogy, biggest character development. I'm going like, to give this one to Alina. You're going to give this one to Alina? Mm -hmm. I feel like she's a completely different person at the end in the best way. That's true. She starts off at the beginning of the series. She's this shy girl in the army just doing her thing, thinking the world will always be what it is. She's can't. It's like a rom-com setup. She's in the army mm -hmm. with her best friend who gets around and she's too shy to tell him how she really feels. And then, you know, cataclysmic event. Suddenly she's this girl who's got <sighs> destiny to manifest and she goes mm -hmm. off to this castle to learn how to use her power. Yeah. And now there's prophecies and st 
stuff. Other boys are interested in her. Whatever. Like, yeah, she she definitely. Yeah, they take her through a lot from from the beginning to the end. Now, it's interesting you pick Alina because as much as it's going to drive you nuts, Mm -hmm. I gave it to Mao. You know, I can kind of see why you did. I'm not going to support you in your decision, Jeff, but I can kind of see where you came from. Well, I couldn't help it. Like, I thought, where where were we? Like, who had the most to overcome? Alina was forced into uncomfortable situations. She had the power that she had to use. She had mm-hmm. this role that she didn't ask for, that she she went from reluctantly to wanting to accept because she wanted to have purpose. And uh-huh. Mal had to overcome the opposite. Mal had to overcome... Like trying to come to terms with what your purpose is, I feel like is just it it's difficult in a different way from having to overcome a lack of purpose, which is what Mal had. Mm-hmm. He's just an ordinary guy who was in love with a girl who turned out to be anything but ordinary. And the more she tried to think about other people besides just herself, the less he felt like she was thinking about him, which is when he realized she's really all he's got. So without her, he doesn't know who he is. He has to overcome that. He has to grow up. He's got to put the other women that he might actually be interested in sleeping with someday. He's got to put that aside. He's got to ask himself, do I love this person because I love this person or do I love this person because when I didn't have anybody else, they were literally my only option? And what role do I really want to play in all these things going on? Does my love for this person trump my resentment of, you know, maybe feeling like I'm not in control of my own destiny? So she has to overcome all of these supernatural things. He has to Mm -hmm. overcome all of these very natural things. Yeah, that's true. It's a different it's a different character development, but still a character development nonetheless, but I still think Alina's better. <laughs> fine. Fine. So that's our Shadow and Bone trilogy yearbook. Very yes. nice. So your list includes Nikolai, the Darkling, Misha, Harshaw. You gave two awards to Nikolai. Fine. Mm-hmm. Jenya, yeah. Zoya, Tolia, Jenya and David, and then Alina. I will admit this is one where I prepared ahead of time and I tried specifically not to give two awards to the same person, not counting when Jenya gets biggest gossip and cutest couple she shares with David. But my mm-hmm. list came out to Nikolai, Marie, and Nadia, Tolia, Alina, Fedyur, Jenya, Zoya, Harshaw, David, plus Jenya, and Mal. Neither okay. of us used Botkin. Oh, the no, apparat- we didn't. We oh. we have there there are some characters we haven't really talked that much about, and I don't know if they'll come up in this episode or not. But people know how we feel about them. Characters like Botkin and Bagra and the Apparat, like they they didn't come up at all. But they've come up in other games that we've played. Yeah, yeah, and they they will continue to be in our hearts, Jeff, and in our souls. Right. So. Now we will move into the maddest lib we've ever done. And I need you to help me deliver on that very promising title because I've done something a little bit different with this mad lib because Mm -hmm. normally 
I would take a passage from the chapters that we've just done or from the book that we've just finished covering. I've done something a little bit different this time. And as we fill it in, I need you to just go for it. Give me the most bonkers, off-the-wall words that you can possibly think of to suit this Mad Lib. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Give me a noun. Oh... Stepstool. And another noun. Balloon. A verb ending in I-N-G. Panting. A plural noun. Pickles. A last name. Fluffington. A number. 437.2. A verb ending in I-N-G. Spitting. A part of the house. The kitchen cupboard. Good. An adjective. Uh, fancy. Another adjective. Schmancy. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) A person's name. Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) okay a plural body part fingernails something blue i'm going to say blueberries something green that top the top light at a stop light or the bottom light the stoplight I'm going to say the stoplight. The bottom light at a stoplight. That's exactly how I'm going to put this. Cool. And an adjective. Excited. Another adjective. Depressed. Interesting. Something brown. Well, I mean, there's one obvious thing that I could say. Um... (laughs) But are you going to say it? That's the question. I know. I'm trying to think of a fun way to say it, though. Let's call it uh, poo-poo. Poo-poo. You you specifically have to write poo-poo, Jeff. Something else that is brown. Oh, um, let's say a fudgesicle. Fudgesicle. I haven't had a fudgesicle in ages. Yeah, I know. They're pretty good, though. They slap hard. They do. They they slap pretty hard. I seem to remember. A, I didn't get ice cream from a lot of ice cream trucks because mm-hmm. they're still around, but not so much anymore. But back when ice cream trucks used to come around every so often, I would get fudgesicles. I would always tell myself I was going to get something else more adventurous, but I always got fudgesicles. Yeah, they're a safe choice, you know. All righty. Now I need you to give me an outer part of the body okay let's do uh elbow elbow Mm -hmm. and i need you to give me a person's name jehoshaphat you probably know jehoshaphat jeff he's part of the bible you know i forget that the only reason i know is because on easter they read jesus's whole family lineage um and jehoshaphat is one of jesus's uh like 
great 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 grandfathers and my brother's name is joey and so we would all always turn to him and go hello jehoshaphat and his name was jehoshaphat the whole rest of the day on easter so that's how i know jehoshaphat okay uh a city a city let's do let's do uh let's do atlanta georgia because i was just there a color purple it's my favorite color a part of the city the gutters another part of the city oh let's let's say the skyline a plural noun baskets a noun pluto a plural noun hedgehogs past tense verb like a verb ending in ed skirted as in i skirted around that puddle as i was walking down the street good an adjective jazzingly that's an adverb jazz is that an adverb i can work I walked, with that i a walked jazz, in a jazz jazzy? manner Jazzy? Yeah, jazzy? Jazzy? Yeah, jazzy? let's do jazzy. Yeah, we'll go with yeah, jazzy. jazzy. Okay. A na- we're getting close to the end. A noun. Uh-huh. Uh, let's do jazz hands. That's a plural noun. I can do a jazz, jazz hand. hand. Jazz hand. Okay, a color. Let's do chartreuse. A verb ending in ing. Spreading. Oh boy, you're going to love that one. And I need a verb. Uh, jump. A noun. Pinecone. <laughs> this is going to be fun to say. And the last two, I need a verb ending in ed. Sliced. And a noun. Pizza. Oh, that works perfect. Okay, so here's how this one happened. I was flipping mm-hmm. through the pages of my paperback copy of Ruin and Rising, and I flipped to the back of the book where I saw that the first chapter of Six of Crows is printed in it. Oh, no. The first, oh, yes. The first few paragraphs of the first chapter of Six of Crows goes like this. Oh, boy. Okay. Jost had two problems, the moon and his mustache. He was supposed to be making his rounds at the Hode House, but for the last 15 minutes he'd been hovering around the southeast wall of the gardens, trying to think of something clever and romantic to say to Anya. If only Anya's eyes were blue like the sea, or green like an emerald. Instead, her eyes were brown. Lovely, dreamy, melted chocolate brown, rabbit fur brown. Just tell her she's got skin like moonlight, his friend Peter had said. Girls love that. A perfect solution, but the Ketterdam weather was not cooperating. There'd been no breeze off the harbor that day, and a gray milk fog had wreathed the city's canals and crooked alleys in damp. Even here, among the mansions of the Geldstraat, the air hung thick with the smell of fish and bilge water, and smoke from the refineries on the city's outer islands had smeared the night sky in a briny haze. The full moon looked less like a jewel than a yellow blister in need of lancing. Maybe he could just compliment Anya's laugh, except he'd never heard her laugh. 
he wasn't very good with jokes. Okay. So that's how the first chapter of Six of Crows begins. In case Mm -hmm. anybody has forgotten or they haven't read that far yet, now, instead of just getting into numbered chapters, we are going to start getting chapters from specific characters' perspectives, and it's going to change. Because it's not just going to be everything filtered through one character's lens anymore. It's going to keep jumping around, which is part of why we are going to be doing three chapters an episode going forward instead of one or two because boy is it gonna take forever to get through these books if we don't do that we might have to adjust the lengths of of some of the episodes depending on how the chapters work out but we have just we we've got to we have got to figure out a way to kind of balance those things so look forward to that yeah and in the meantime here is the maddest lib we've ever done that you have helped me to create. And it goes like this. Jost had two problems, the step stool and his balloon. He was supposed to be panting his pickles at the Fluffington house. (laughs) But for the last 437.2 minutes, he'd been spitting around the southeast wall of the kitchen cupboard, trying to think of something fancy and schmancy to say Mm -hmm. to Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) Wow. If, If only Gilbert's fingernails were blue, like blueberries, or green, like the bottom light at a spotlight. Spotlight. I should have written traffic light. Why did I say spotlight? That's okay, Jeff. Traffic light. I'm good at this. Instead, his fingernails were brown. Excited? Depressed? Poo-poo brown? Fudgesicle brown? (laughs) Just tell him he's got elbows like moonlight, his friend Jehoshaphat had said. Guys love that. A perfect solution but the Atlanta-Georgia weather was not cooperating. There'd been no breeze off the harbor that day, and a purple milk fog had wreathed the city's gutters and skyline in damp. Even here, among the baskets of the Geldstraat, the air hung thick with the smell of Pluto and hedgehogs, and Mm. smoke from the refineries on the city's outer islands had skirted the night sky in a jazzy haze. The full moon looked less like a jazz hand than a chartreuse blister in need of spreading. Oh, okay. Maybe he could jump Gilbert's pine cone. (laughs) Except he'd never sliced his pizza. He wasn't very good with jokes. I love it. That's cute. Oh, boy. So jump on that pine cone, you know, some of us, so, we jump the pine cone, some of us, we don't, Jeff. Oh, yeah. So Jost has, I mean, boy, has he got problems. He needs to say something fancy and schmancy to Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert mm-hmm. Gottfried's nails are poo-poo brown or fudsicle brown, but <laughs> they've got this smoke that's skirting the night sky in a jazzy haze, and he's trying to decide, do I jump this guy's pine cone? Do I slice his pizza? What am I doing? What, what, how am I feeling here? What kind of day is it, you know? <laughs> oh, terrific. Oh, my God. I love yeah. it. That was great, That's, Jeff. Um, yeah, that, was, that was pretty great as far as the Mad Libs that we've done. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good one. Jump on the pine cone, you know? Yeah. 
It's my favorite thing to do, Jeff. I do it all the time. Uh, and sometimes you got to just jump the pine cone. What can I say? Yeah, I'm a slut for a good pine cone. Um, that's going to be the sound bite. <laughs> if you ever run for office, that's going to be somebody's, in, some intern is going to have to comb through everything you've ever been a part of. And that's what they're going to, that's what they're going to come up with. Mm-hmm. Don't trust Julianna Coughlin. She's running for office for ca- She's a town slut council. For pine cones. She's a slut for a pine cone. And guess yeah. what, people? There's a lot of pine cones out here on these streets. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then you're going to get memed, and it's going to be that meme from uh, from the Princess Bride that says, You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Uh huh. I love it. <laughs> So that I, I thought we'd switch it. gears for just a second with a game that could be kind of funny, could be kind of serious. Just I want to I want to do a just kind of brief like look at some five of the biggest characters in the series and it's a segment that I'm just calling better off or not. Ooh, okay. So starting Let's starting with Alina Starkov. I mean when we first meet Alina, she's this awkward little rom- rom-com girl who's in the army and too shy to tell her friend, who's obviously very attractive, that she's in love with him. And then by the end of it, she's basically in Grisha witness protection, and she and said boy that she's in love with are together, and they're foster parents for little orphans just like they were once. So after yeah. everything she'd been through to get from where she was to where she is, is she better off or not? I think she is. From the beginning of the story to where she is at the end, I'd say she, mentally she's in a better place and physically she's in a much stable environment. And I would say there's a lot less fighting going on. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say yes. I agree. Because I think when when we first meet her, I, part of her character, part of, I think, what makes her the typical rom-com type of girl is that she doesn't really know what she wants. She joined the military because she pretty much had to. She was an orphan, so she didn't exactly have marital prospects, but she wasn't really interested in that anyway. She's just, mm-hmm. she's always, she and Mal have always been attached to each other, and they they have no idea what their lives are going to be like. They just know that they're serving in the military, and then who knows what. But after everything that she goes through, for her and Mal to at least I, I have this quiet life together where they can do right by other orphans, you know, from a genuine sense of compassion and not trying to just keep them in one place so they can be Grisha tested and then maybe shipped off to the little palace one day. They it, it seems like as, as all things considered, it worked out as well as it could have. Yeah, I agree. I think definitely things could have been a lot worse, and it's nice that they're not, so. True. We like that. Same question for Mal Oritsev. We kind of we, we kind of addressed Mal in addressing Alina because that's that's part of it, is that they're so intertwined throughout this series that their destinies really are, they're in a lot of ways different, but in a lot of ways also similar. And with Mal, when we first meet him, things are a little bit better for him than they are for Alina because he's got this male privilege thing going on. He's he's mm-hmm. the man. Guys want to be him. Girls want to be with him. And then after what happens with they get they get separated. They go through all of you know that to get back together. And then they their relationship really goes through a tough time in Siege and Storm. And then mm-hmm. in Ruin and Rising, after everything they've been through, he ends up in the same place as Alina. They, I don't think they had any idea when they started this journey that they would be foster parents to a bunch of orphans one day. But considering where he started off, I think he really 
it helped him put things in perspective and get his priorities in order. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that I think that mentally, yeah, he's grown. He's at least grown a little bit, you know, so I'll give him that much. And I think he's definitely a lot less on the toxic masculinity side of things at the end of this. So I'll say that he's grown. I'll give him that much. I agree. Now, this one, it's I, I try to stick to characters who are still alive at the end, but I feel like we can't really talk about whether they're better off or not without talking about the Darkling. Because when we meet the Darkling, we find out that the Darkling story actually begins so far before yeah. the events of the first book. Like, the Darkling has been around for such a long time. The Darkling was bred to believe that he was the most special thing in the world, and it's it's really up in the air whether or not the darkling even believes in this cause that he's preaching to everybody he's obviously willing to do whatever to whomever and then by the end of it the shadowfold he created is destroyed the the remnants of the grisha army he built up are no more and he's dead but is he better off or not i think given the amount of damage that he has caused at the end of this book series, it's better off having him dead. <laughs> well, it's better off for us, but like for him, do you think in his final moments that the Darkling is more at peace? Because if you had told the Darkling this was all going to end in death, the Shadowfold would be destroyed, his army would be no more, and this master plan that he's been working towards isn't going to pan out, he would have probably had a huge problem with that. But in his final moments where Alina calls him by his real name and then he passes on. Like, did, in the end, was it a typical villain death where the villain didn't get what they wanted and now they're dead? Or do you think that those final moments of peace before his passing were enough to make him feel like, okay, it's fine that it worked out like this? I don't think he's fine with it, but I think he's a little bit more accepting of what's happening at the end as opposed to where he would be at the beginning. He's not going out kicking and screaming. I'll say that. So that's an improvement on its own. So maybe not so much better off as the other two obviously are. Yeah. He's he's improved ever so slightly. We'll give him an eye for improvement. Uh, and that is it. <laughs> yeah, an eye for improvement, but maybe not completely better off. Like better yeah. off with an asterisk. Yeah. Like, the world may be better off, but as far as he himself, I, I don't think so. Yeah, agreed. Not quite. Mm-hmm. Now, what about Jenya? Oh, Jenya is definitely better off at the end, I would say. Most definitely. Like, of yeah. all of them, she is absolutely better off than she was when we first meet her because the terrible things that she has endured at the hands of men because men are terrible... And now she's she doesn't have to serve a king that she does not believe in anymore. She doesn't have mm -hmm. to do what other people tell her just because anymore. She mm -hmm. has the person that she loves. Baby David. Yes, she's been through some of the worst things that characters in this series have to go through. And that includes, you know, physical, psychological torture. But... You know, now she can help be part of rebuilding this this Ravkin country with people that she cares about, and she's got David, who she cares about. So she's definitely, I would say, of all the characters that I've got on this list, she's probably the most better off. 
And that yeah. includes Alina and Maul. Yeah, no, I agree too. Well, she came from a really, really, really terrible, 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 terrible uh, starting point. Being the worst. The queen. Yeah. The absolute so worst. She had a lot of room for improvement, and she definitely has turned her whole situation on its head and now is doing so much better and has her own autonomy as well back. So that's a huge, huge, huge thing. So I would say, yeah, Jenya, out of the people you have mentioned so far, I would put Jenya first and Darkling, sorry, Jenya first and Alina as a close second, not the Darkling, sorry. Fair. And now, uh, most interesting for last, Nikolai mm-hmm. Lansov. I mean, he lost his brother, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and his family is not no longer in power, so that's not a bad thing. But I feel like physically and where we're gonna see him go forward to mentally with battling the little demon buddies he has inside of his skin now it doesn't put him in a good spot. I I I look at it this way with Nikolai. I I think you you hit on a lot of the same things that I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we don't meet him in the first book. We meet him in the second book. He's been off living his life under his identity, doing you know what good he can living his life. So he's he's basically fine. Like the world is not fine, but he himself is basically fine. He's got Sturmhand, you know, going for him. He's mm-hmm. basically free. He knows he's going to have to probably come back at some points, but for the most part, he's okay. And that's good. By the end of it, yes, he's on the throne. Yes, he can execute his vision of what Ravka needs to do, but with great power comes great adversity. Not responsibility just, but Also, he's got to deal with people who are going to push back so hard on his vision of what Ravka needs to do. Ravka has no money, so he's going to have to find it if he's going to pull off any of this. Mm -hmm. And apart from the fact that he it's it's essentially it's the equivalent of if you live in a very very red state and then Mm -hmm. you elect a very very blue governor. The governor is going to get so much pushback from everybody that they are going to have to cooperate with. I mean, he he spares the apparat because he knows he's never going to accomplish what he needs to in Ravka if he doesn't have the religious vote, which he needs the apparat in order to accomplish. Because like it or not, the apparat has a lot of influence with the religious community in Ravka. Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, demon, hello... He still doesn't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. Darkling is is gone now, but this part of the thing that he left in Nikolai still remains. So, to be honest, I would say of the, of these five characters, Nikolai is the one who very definitely, very clearly is not at all better off. He's got his position mm-hmm. that he wants to do good, but he's got so many more problems now, including mm-hmm. the demon thing that. There's no way he's better off now than he was when he was a, a well-meaning, likable uh, privateer. Oh, yeah, definitely not. But more well-off, too. Yeah, it's yeah, just... He is, he is the one out of all these five who is most certainly not better off. Yeah, I, don't I would agree to all. that, Jeff. Now, do you have any final thoughts on the Shadow and Bone trilogy as a whole? 
I would say that listeners, Lee Bardugo is just getting started. This was her warm up. So get ready for the rest of everything else Jeff and I are going to be talking about because that's when the real big guns come out, literally and figuratively. Oh, yes. This trilogy doesn't get enough credit because she really hits her stride in the books that we're getting ready to talk about coming up. A lot of people jumped in on Six of Crows because Mm -hmm. the plot, I get it, the plot for Six of Crows seems much more compelling probably to a lot of people, and I respect that. But you know what? This trilogy, really, there's just so much to talk about. Case in point, we've been on this for almost two years. Yeah, it's been a long time. It has. We were we were young and full of hope when we started. <laughs> and now we're old crotchety people. Yes, that I do have one other thing to say about the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Yeah. And I can only say it like this. And what is that, Jeff? Hey, Juliana, did you hear the Robkin Church doesn't have any church mice? No, I didn't, Jeff. Yeah, turns out they just have an apple rat. Yeah! <laughs> hey, Juliana, do you know why they found Botkin up in a tree? Oh, no, why'd they find Botkin up in a tree, Jeff? Well, he's good at so many things, he decided to branch out a little. Oh, yeah! Hey, Juliana, did you know that Mal used to be an athlete? Oh, what sports did he play, Jeff? Why is he an athlete? Well, his favorite sport was track. Hey, Juliana, did you know why the Sun Summoner can't stand up straight? Oh, why has that girl got a back problem? Tell me why, Jeff. Because she's Alina. Ah! Yeah! (laughs) Oh. Hey, Juliana, did you hear where the former king and queen of Ravka have been living lately? Oh, where's their new house, Jeff? I gotta go visit them. Oh, they don't have a house. They live in a parking lot behind a construction store because they'd rather live near a Home Depot than in a home where they're deposed. Oh! Oh! Terrific. I bet you expected me to go off on some joke about how the apparatus is a stupid f***ing cock-sucking jack-wagon asshole who likes to sit on pine cones and just sheep and I don't know what else. But I didn't do that. No. (laughs) just It was like three o'clock in the morning. I was completely exhausted and I was at work and that thing about I'd rather live near a Home Depot than in a home where I'm deposed. House. And you thought you were the funniest thing in the entire world. You're like, ah, hey. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of thing you come up with at three o'clock in the morning and you just think, oh, that's that's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's all good. It's good stuff. That was great, Jeff. That was good. 
So we got some really lovely responses from our listeners about favorite moments from the show, from the Shadow and Bone trilogy, just some of the best, you know, best bits for them over the last two years. And right at the 11th hour, I guess you would say, 12th hour, I don't know, hours. Anyway, (laughs) it was not long before we started to record. I happened to check and I saw that Emily Tardiff on Instagram said, my favorite moments are the friendship corners and activities you guys do at the end of each episode. It makes it feel more like a conversation with friends than a standoffish podcast. So did you hear that? We we are not a standoffish podcast. It is a conversation with friends, and I'm glad that it comes across that way because we were kind of uh, talking earlier about how in the early stages we were trying to sound like a professional podcast, but that's never that's never what a podcast should aspire to be. You should just you just talk to each other. You know, we're 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 people. We're best friends. Like we we know how to talk to each other. Me just enjoy yourself. Yeah, just enjoy yourself. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad it comes across that way. Yeah. And then we had some answers to what other people's favorite moments and things from the pod and from the book were. And we had our friend, a crystal dragon say, I am not ruined. I am ruination, which I think that's a great line too. You know, that is it. That is a term. That's like the kind of line that you, you, you never forget. Yeah. And, they said, such an incredible quote. Also, in the show, when y'all decide to stop censoring curse words and Julianne immediately said, fuck. I actually laughed out loud for a few minutes. Good stuff. <laughs> I laugh at that, too, because I think we've even talked about it here. Yeah. Where we, we, we had this conversation about how we don't really need to... Um, we don't really need to censor the profanity anymore. And then as soon mm-hmm. as we we said, okay, let's just relax and l- let's just let them fly. Let's not worry about it. And now we don't, we, we just, we don't curse as much. It's like we naturally just said, eh. Yeah, I feel like I don't really curse that much anyway. And you don't really curse that much anyway. Well, most of the time, no. It, it's It's funny because we don't cuss that much in our own speech but we do tend to quote or reference things that have profanity in them pretty often so it's like we can't curse without context yeah (laughs) oh Oh, well well. and then we had another answer from our friend spencer and jeff jess jeff jess jeff that's a lot that's too much to say in the same sentence but what did they say they said when you learn his name and i had to clarify whether they were speaking about when we learned that the darkling's name is actually alexander or when we learned that botkin is really santa or that we learned that the apparatus is gilbert Gottfried. like his name is yeah I knew what they meant, but you know, yeah, I'm Spencer sure and Jeff. To Gilbert Godfrey was what they were talking about, Jeff. No, they were obviously talking about the Darkling. <laughs> but we, yeah. um, our, our Spencer and Jess over at uh, Not So Young Adults podcast have become just so important to us that we 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 had to mess with them. It's because yeah. we care. Yes, 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 yes. And then we had someone called Love Changed the World, a good hash, a good handle to have, and they said, "I love." In the final, after where Zoya and Jenga and David bring Alina a Kefta and tell her you will always be one of us. Heart. Yay. 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 It's so sweet. Yay. 
yeah super duper sweet yeah and on that sweet note we're gonna wrap up our discussion and listeners that's the end of the first three books and we're gonna put you on to the next book so our next book that we will be starting is six of crows but i think jeff and i will be doing a hellbent episode and also a trivia episode between when we start that book so the next month we'll actually probably hold our trivia episode which we are recording this coming saturday with danny and lucero um and then after that possibly a hellbent episode because jeff and i would like to talk about that definitely and that is a little bit overdue so do that and then we will dive headfirst into six of crows you know, it's funny. We went from what, how long is it going to take us to finish Ruin and Rising to now it's how long is it going to take us to start Six of Crows. Six of Crows, yeah. Don't worry. By the end of this year, we will have gotten well into Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry about that. We kind of already answered last week's question in our discussion that we just had. But Jeff, did you have a question that you'd like to leave our listeners with for the oncoming episode? So our question for next time that we are taking submissions is, have you had a chance to read Hellbent? And if so, what did you think of it? Yes. And you can send us an answer via our Instagram account, or you can send us an email. Hooray. And next time, listeners, you will be listening to us do a Smackdown trivia episode with Sombro y Cuevos. We have Danny and Lucero coming on in hot to do some hot 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 trivia about Rudin rising so stay tuned for that and if you'd like to get in contact with us between then and now you can listen to us on all platforms where pods are cast and you can even find us on youtube at into the fold podcast you can also follow along with us on instagram at into the fold pod where we post pictures of all the things we are getting up to anything to do with the show and you can also keep in touch with us by sliding into our instagram dms Yes, and if you'd like to leave us a longer form answer, you can send us an email at intothefoldpod at gmail.com. And did you know we have an Etsy shop as well where you can get pins and stickers for our podcast and also custom handmade Grisha art, which there is a newer picture of someone's art on our Instagram if you'd like to go check that out. And that is Grisha Trading Post on Etsy. And if you'd like to do something nice and sweet and lovely to help the show, we would love to hear your thoughts in the form of a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so that we can share those thoughts here on the show. And if you want to do us a solid, we'd love for you to tell people you know who would like this show all about it, because the best way podcasts are spread is by word of mouth. But until next time. We'll see you in the fold, but it won't quite be the fold because we are moving into Six of Crows. I was just about to have us clap. We don't need to do that. Because we do it different. Nope. Great. Okay. So let's go ahead and start then. (laughs) They said and then started coughing. Very professional. What was that? That's my phone.
I've started leaving my phone in the other room because if it's not in here where we're doing the show, it can't distract me. Mm, yeah, that's a good plan. It just vibrated. That's what it was. It showed up on my computer, too, because from Instagram, someone Instagram messaged me again. Got it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and check that because we need to be absolutely sure. Jeff is fact-checking. Fact-checking. Checking Jeff. Fact-checking Jeff. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Jeff's checking facts. That's what fact checking Jeff does. He checks facts. I have returned. Hello. Hello, governor. Hello. In it. Oh. Hello. What that reminds you doing me of down this... there? Alright. What are you doing up there? What's you doing down there? I fell what over. What's you fell over for? I didn't do it on purpose. Well, come on. Let's not wait for the grass to grow. What is that from? Is that from Monty Python? No, that's from Prisoner of Azkaban. It's Stan Chun Pike. Oh. He's the dude on the night bus. We might have to change our outro, Jeff, to see you in the see you in the no. No. no, just add, I just want to add the bird on the end. No, because it's in. No, we talked about this like ages ago. The show is always going to be into the fold, so we got it. No, but we're going into the fold, and then we say Ca-ca! afterwards. We keep the same outro, except we add Ca-ca! at the oh. end. Maybe. So that way it's the same thing, but it just has that like spice of Six of Crows, you know?